Hello, it's Coach Mark here. Before you get into this podcast, here's a quick update on what these are about. So if you're an NGO, if you're working for a nonprofit, or perhaps you'd like to work for a nonprofit or charity in the future, these podcasts are specifically designed to assist you. Also, if you want assistance, if you'd like help with anything regarding your nonprofit, regarding marketing, grant writing proposals, anything to do with your strategy then do get in touch with me the details are all down below in the show notes or you can just email me at hello at initial-impact.com spread the word far and wide to all of your colleagues within the nonprofit sector these podcasts are totally free of charge here to assist you and are introductions to the basics that you need to know as a nonprofit or somebody working within the sector furthermore if you're interested in getting your hands on my detailed masterclass then again details are down below in the show notes or you can message me at hello at initial-impact.com and I will be happy to give you information on how the masterclasses work and that's going to give you a whole wealth of training for a fantastic price that will be affordable for any NGO or non-profit out there or indeed if you're looking to get into the sector. So stay safe, enjoy the podcast, I'll see you soon. Take care. Hello and welcome to another podcast. I am Coach Mark Manila from ESL, businessenglishexperts.com and initial-impact.com, here to help you live your best possible life. Now, some of you who know a little bit about me are also aware that from time to time I've assisted charities and NGOs, not-for-profits, um, with their marketing strategy, also looking at their grant application process, consulting for them and um, to assist them to be able to access the funding that they need. Now, if you are working, in the nonprofit sector, listen up. This podcast is absolutely for you. Also, if you are somebody who's running an organization or trying to set up a nonprofit, oh my goodness, how difficult is that? Um, I totally salute you. It's a very hard space to work in. Um, and I have the expertise here to assist you. So I'm going to be launching a series of podcasts on here that will guide you through the process. Now, these are taster podcasts, and if you want to obviously access fuller coaching and training from me, then we can discuss that. But hopefully this gives you a little bit of a jumping off point at first to get a taster for some of the programs that you can access if you work with me on my fuller programs. Um, this is, again, something I'm trying to do to help as many people within the nonprofit sector to get the training and information that you need um, that, quite frankly, is, is very hard to access or hard to access in an easy-to-use form. So the idea of the podcast is that you can listen to me wherever you are, okay? So if you're in the car, if you're trying to fight through jeepneys and tricycles, because as we know, in, in developing countries, it's a bit harder than just sitting on a tube and commuting to work. So wherever you are listening to me, you can take this information with you and listen as you go. Also, if you are a student of English as a second language here, use it to practice advancing your vocabulary about a sector that, again, you are not taught about at school. You are not given this in your, you know, your English as a second language uh, grammar books or any of those type of conversations. And if you're looking to work within this particular sector, and maybe you want to go overseas and work, work in some of these organizations, and you want to work with the UN, in the past I've consulted and, and coached many people from government organizations, um, diplomats and people, obviously, say UNESCO and similar associated organizations, then I can help you, okay? We can give you the language that you need to understand to be able to speak about your subject matter. So listen up, okay? There's something for everybody in these podcasts, so don't just think it's for you if you're an NGO. So today I'm going to take you through Grant Seeking Essentials. 
Um, it's taking you from a point that you know absolutely nothing about what is a grant, okay? So bear this in mind. If you know about what a grant is, then my apologies. Um, I'm not trying to teach you to suck eggs. That's a great idiom. It means I'm not trying to basically teach you what you already know. But I have to come from a level of people who are wanting to understand fully about grants and they know very little about it all the way up. Okay. So clearly grant funding is provided by a specific source. Um, often referred to as a grantor and um, to the qualifying nonprofit, who is usually called the grantee. That would be you if you're the nonprofit. Okay. Now, the grant supports general operations or a program um, or initiative of the grantee. So, for example, if you are, as I've done many times in um, Africa, if you're supporting um, homelessness issues there or HIV reduction, then clearly that would be the project that you would be applying for funding for. So to qualify for that grant, a nonprofit must demonstrate in writing that you can meet and stick to the grantor's requirements, right? What they are going to lend you the money for, okay? They're going to give you the money for, right? Now, this is done through that grant proposal. And often we mistakenly refer to that as grant writing, but actually it is the grant proposal, okay? But we, you know, we often use it as grant writing because that's what everybody else is using in the sector. So of course I speak about grant writing too, but it's a grant proposal. Now, nonprofits, you then submit this grant proposal to the grantor, okay? And the grantor may request you send additional information and then either approves or denies that grant. It's as simple as that. That's the basics of it. Okay. Now let's break it down. Um, if you look at it, okay, grant funding can range from a, you know from millions of dollars to just a few hundred dollars, for example. And it is used for three basic purposes. So the first one is to give you help with unrestricted general operational support. Okay. Um, it can be used for any legal purpose that the nonprofit chooses. Second is restricted program support. So this can be used only for specific purposes described in the proposal and defined by the grantor, whoever is going to give you that money. Um, that's restricted and that, that would be the way that would be dealt with. The third is capital support. Now, this is uh, for you to use for specific capital purchases that you have outlined in your proposal. So if you're wanting to, say, uh, renovate something, a building, maybe it's uh, you know, housing for people living with HIV, um, construction or acquisition of land, um, significant technology investment. So again, if we were going to put in a coaching program for English as a second language, which, hello, again, I can probably talk to you and speak with you about that, um, then we would need significant technology, wouldn't we? We would need things such as access to decent Wi-Fi, uh, stable connections. We would need uh, Zoom accounts um, or similar. Uh, we would also need to give you some sort of access to digital devices to connect okay, your students there. So laptops, um, cell phones, um, tablets, these types of things. Okay, So we would need to do that. Um, and also the capital sport can be used to establish as an endowment. Okay, so these are these are the main ways uh, that that can be used. Okay, now let's look at whether you are ready to engage in a grant seeking process. Because in the past, when I've spoken to NGOs or nonprofits, okay, um, they are not always in a position, okay, to consider, okay, some of the basic benefits and challenges of both the proposal process and the grant itself. Okay, so let's look at first the benefits. 
all right, okay, the benefit of it is it provides substantial funding, clearly, that you can't access by other means. Um, sometimes it's impossible to raise enough money from donors, and these days in the economic climate, it's getting so much harder, right? The cash is just drying up. Also, it helps fund your organization program operations, and of course, supports the programs that benefit the communities you work in, and it enhances your nonprofit visibility and gives you credibility with other funders, nonprofits, and just your general society that follows you. Because if you think about it, if you've been granted one okay set of funding, then that means that your organization is kind of trusted and therefore it should help you with another. So the biggest thing is for you to get that first one. Once you've got the first one, it becomes slightly easier now to say you're credible and you're responsible and you're doing what you say you know you would do, right? So that's really important. Let's look at then obviously the other side of it. Um, which, of course, are the challenges. There are always challenges. There's always pros and cons, okay? So um, it requires, obviously, a lot of staff to dedicate themselves to this process. As I know myself, when I've looked and I've tried in the past to assist people with grant proposal writing, it is time-consuming, okay? Locating the grant opportunities themselves can take a lot of time, and it needs to match your mission, your location, your programs, and there are such a range of diverse options that it can become bamboozling. That's a great uh, expression. It means puzzling, really confusing to know where to go first. So you need somebody or you need your team to be educated about where to quickly access the right program and then apply for it and get it done to deadline because a lot of these have time limits um, and then the funding runs out. It requires a skillful, systematic, systematic approach. And of course, the one thing that you may have trouble with is you just don't have enough time staff to dedicate to that because you're so busy with your volunteers and your staff doing what your organization is meant to be doing, such as supporting people living with HIV or trauma counseling or, you know, trying to give street kids an education. So it also comes with requirements for the qualifying, the spending and reporting. Remember, it isn't just over when you qualified and you've got the grant, you then need to report. What are you doing with the money? Has it been successful? And you've got to be, yeah, you've got to be accountable, right? Your grantor is wanting to know what are you doing? So, um, the terms may also be very short, uh, requiring you to repeat your application process. So you could go through all of this only to get a very short term and then have to redo it again. And building the relationship with grantors requires tact and persistence. This isn't just sometimes a question of, you know, send out a load of these applications and it'll rain money into your lap, you know, your grants. Um, it's about building a sustainable and respected uh, connection with them and, yeah, building that trust. Also, if you think about it, it's highly competitive. There are so many nonprofits all, you know, jostling for those grants, right? You are not the only organization in the world. You may feel like you are, but you're just sadly one of many. Okay, so this is really important. Now that you're aware of those benefits and challenges, okay, you must think about whether your nonprofit is prepared for the grant seeking process. So it's important that you ask yourself some questions, right? Firstly, do you qualify for funding? If you're not even registered as a nonprofit or NGO, eh, eh, you're not going to get in. Okay? You can't just set up and say, hey, I, this is my organization. This is what I want to do. I want to I don't know, rescue abandoned dogs. Um, you're not registered as a nonprofit. You're not even going to get the look in. So the first step in your country where you are is to find out how you register as a nonprofit. And as I know from experiences here in the Philippines and the consulting I'm doing here, um, that is a challenging process because that in itself requires money. Lots of money, usually. 
Um, so it's not just as simple as, okay, we'll just register and then we can do this. You've got to find the money to actually start um, to register your, your organization. Now, again, I can speak more with you about that, about how you might get creative. Um, you might want to crowdfund some of that. Um, there are many platforms out there. Or indeed, you might want to partner with local businesses. Tell them about what you want to set up here and try to get some backing and funding to enable you to register the nonprofit. Okay, but again, it's about connections. Also, are you are you sufficiently staffed, right? Okay, because it's one thing to say we want to do this, but clearly, um, to manage the aspects of grant process, you know, writing, are they willing to do the work? Are they trained to do the work as well? Um, and again, can you hire more staff, or can you contract, say, you know, like myself or others, an outside contracting service to write the grant for you? But again. This isn't just as easy. If you don't have the money for your project, how on earth can you afford to hire in more staff? It's like if we had the money for that, then we'd do it, okay? So also, are you willing to and able to invest the time? So you've got to be able to meet the demands and deadlines with the grant process, especially with the monitoring reporting. Remember that. Will your return on your investment be actually worth it? That's important. Also, it's important, are you financially responsible? So you've got to be prepared to show how you successfully have managed the money. Okay, you need to submit at the minimum a budget worksheet for the nonprofit and the program requiring funding, as well as have accounting systems in place for tracking funding from various grant sources. Now, I'm not telling you all of this to overwhelm you. I'm just being realistic. Okay, and these are the things that you have to think about to get in place so that you are prepared. Okay, you can't do these things easily when you're part way through trying to apply. Or, uh-oh, you've got the grant and then you don't have any of these systems in place. It will be an absolute mess, okay? The other thing is, do you have the vision? So um, being able to define a specific short and long-term goal for the organization and the program. Okay, you should be able to show the impact the program is having on the beneficiaries. So in this case, if it's people living with HIV and you're wanting to assist them to get access to better medical care from doctors, then you've got to show what impact that will also have. It's not just good enough to say, right, we've got them the medical care. It means now what will it enable them to go and do that they couldn't before? So these people living with HIV will now be in hope for better health will have their, their condition managed, it's more stable, it means they're able to be more productive, seek employment and stay with an employment and not be so sick or not sick so often, okay? So that's gonna have an added advantage in boosting the economy of your you know, the country that you're working in and also the life and livelihoods of these people and their families, okay? So you've got to, be able to show the final benefit, okay? And are you able to show any past success, right? You've got to be able to show that your program okay impact has meaningful results so show meaningful data and stories so you can talk about how in the past um it doesn't necessarily mean that you've had to have a grant in the past it just shows what have you done so far with the money maybe that you've been able to raise through your own sponsorship and has it been successful and the data grantors want facts and figures so how much did you generate how did you use that money what was the return on investment as in how much you know productivity went up with the people living with HIV, or how much did we bring down their household poverty levels by supporting them and stabilizing their conditions, for example. Um, also, is the need for funding clear? So you need to ensure you know what aspects of a program require funding in your organization and how much. 
And will you seek that money from one source, a combination? These are the sorts of things that you absolutely need to consider, okay? But as I say, the, the main thing, first starting point before you get overwhelmed with all those others is do you qualify for funding? So in the United States, you've got to be um, a 501c3 organization, okay? Um, if not, you have to have a fiscal agent that can accept the money on your behalf and then provide it to you. So those are two options. That's just in the United States. Clearly, as I just said earlier, you need to check into exactly how it is in your specific country because it varies. Okay, There is not one particular thing that works for every country. Now, what are the sources of most grants? So the commonest sources okay, of grants, um, well, <laughs> there's, there's several. Okay, You can look to private foundations, corporations, government, um, other other. Uh, providers, there are so, so many. Um, and this can be part of the challenge. So anybody with um, basically with money, okay, so the most common ones are say private foundations, corporations, governments, nonprofits can even fund you. Um, and then there are grantors within these categories who differ significantly in size and funding capacity. So these are, you know, again, these very important points to be aware of. Now let's look at the top three. So private foundations, they're the most common source provider of funding. Um, they're created from single primary donations from individuals and businesses. Um, the funds and the programs are managed by trustees or directors. They often have paid staff or some sort of staff to work with nonprofits, as well as reviewing and presenting the proposals to the board. So you will be working with them. And they generate income by investing the initial donation. And then they often then uh, spread, distribute the bulk of the investment income each year to desired charitable activities. So this is how they they basically make these um, donations, these actual grants, should I say, because they get donations, say a lump sum from an individual or business, and then they invest them into the markets. And then that, okay, the investment income each year is then proportionately spread to the desired charitable activities that that foundation is there for. Clearly, when the markets contract as they are, it causes huge problems with supply to those types of funding arrangements. So you have to be aware of these. Um, corporations, it's another source. Uh, they form foundations to manage and support nonprofits. They provide funding in exchange for recognition and association with worthy courses. So they can give non-cash awards, such as also equipment, furniture, supplies, services, expertise. And these are the, the, uh, the places I typically tend to focus first for any of my clients. Um, because of my experience in private sector as well as non-profit, I know full well how the private sector is a quicker way to get these results, to hopefully get investment. And my marketing expertise enables me to see the connection between your non-profit and them. If there's a good fit, so say, for example, we've got a very well-known, say, toiletry or cosmetic brand, okay, then they may well want to partner with you if, say, you're working with, um, for example, we could say, like, disaster victims um, or people who may be victims of landmines. Um, there is a good social fit there between the brand and what you're trying to achieve, rebuilding people's confidence in life. They often see that there is a benefit to them to show that they really care about people in that respect. Okay, so um, the corporations are the first place, the first place that I always take my clients to when I'm consulting and advising as to where you should look. Simply because if we look at the main foundations, they are oversubscribed to. 
And as I've just said, with the markets in contracting state at the moment, the access to funding from the investments is reduced. Corporations, on the other hand, private sector corporations, okay, and their foundations are far more robust. And that would be my top tip, okay? So if you want to look anywhere, first look to corporations um, in your own country, but also outside as well if you need to. And then let's look at government. So maybe there are local, state and federal programs that provide funding for you for particular things. So operational and admin costs and the programs you're running. But it often requires compliance with very detailed rules and regs. This is the challenge there. Um, there's also um, many other um, routes to this. OK, so you might look at, say, churches, rotary clubs, universities, uh, any philanthropic entity where groups of people donate their own money to a pool fund. OK, um, and again, they the people there, they collectively decide who they will fund. And that pooled funding allows for more money and greater societal impact. OK, so those are the main ones. But the top three private foundations, corporations and government programs, all of them have their pros and cons. OK, so it's really important for you that you, you consider what that is. Now, who will be involved in grant seeking? Well, OK, you've got many, many things here to think about, but you've got to identify and cultivate your connections and grant opportunities. So you need somebody who is able to, in your organisation, determine the fit, understand goals and focus and really gain an ally in the grant seeking process. So, as I said, you've got to build those relationships. It's not just a quick fit. OK, and also this person in your organisation needs to um, obtain stories of success. OK to ensure that they can show that, okay? They need to be able to show that to the potential grantors. Also, um, there are specific duties as part of the grant seeking cycle and somebody who would solicit or obtain things. So contributing to the proposal and writing of the report, um, this person needs to determine the goals, the past, um, the past success, the funding needs, um, to be able to break down and assemble the required components for that grant writing. Uh, proofreading, editing, discover, you know, in the past about previous budgets, how it was spent. It's very detailed. It's not just a simple, okay, quick, quick win, as it were. Um, and if you're not sure, if you're unsure how to do that, again, speak with me, okay? Um, this person who would take care of it, I suppose, a caretaker, a steward, a, you know, solicit it, uh, will submit the proposals and reports to the grantor. And then if you think about it, they will also be responsible for sending thank you notes or emails or providing extra updates required and ensure that the deliverables and deadlines okay, of the rest of the team are actually met. That's an important one, right? You need somebody to be able to do that. Now, the grantor staff, so this is the organization or uh, foundation you're going to work with, usually has a program officer. They would collaborate back with you in turn to determine the fit provide the needed processes, forms, requirements, advice, review your grant proposal, um, obtain the information requested by the board, gather reports, um, also raise any questions or concerns to you as the non-profit, okay, post-award. So this is after you've been awarded and informing them obviously of your acceptance or, or rejection, okay, and ultimately they are responsible to present the proposals to the board, okay. Now the board members are there, they are kind of the big, the, the big people you need to basically win over. They are there to establish the direction and strategy and focus for the grants that they are maintaining and ensure that the funding priorities are met in accordance with the wishes of a funder, okay. So whoever was the original funder of this, that they are 
you know, they're looking after it. They're caretaking that money. They also there to provide direction and oversight to the foundation and approve the grant recommendations and then reviewing the reports and ensure obviously the proper, you know, caretaking of those grants. It is quite simple, actually. Um, now, when we look at it, there are many phases of the grant process. Okay, there are three phases of the grant process. And I'm going to go over that in another podcast. So I hope that has given you the first part of this. Have a think about everything there. There is a lot packed into this particular podcast. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. That's a great idiom. It means that is a fraction of actually what you need to know. Um, as I say, my training courses on this are very detailed, okay? And you can get access to those um, via my particular platform, not available on here. Um, if you are an organization who's interested in that, just message me at hello at initial-impact.com. Um, but of course, I do provide these particular like sound bites and introductions here free of charge here on the podcast. So please, if you can't afford to get involved in the main program right now because you just don't have the funding for that, what you can do is you can absolutely listen here for your charge to the basic 101, okay? Spread the word far and wide. Please, if you're an NGO, a nonprofit, or thinking of working for one of these organizations, please let other people know about these podcasts that are coming to you now, okay, on my platform. Um, I want to help as many of you as I can and clearly will continue to do so for as long as I'm physically able. Thank you very much for listening. Look out for podcast, the second series on this one, okay, about the next phases of this, okay? And if you found this helpful, let me know. Also, please consider sponsoring the podcast here. It's just 99 cents a month. If you're listening on Spotify, just go to sponsor the program and you can set that up so quickly in like a blink of an eye. Also, if you prefer to just do something one-off, you can buy me a cup of coffee. The link is down below, securely paid by Stripe. It enables me to keep going, um, not only just in coffee so that my throat doesn't dry out, but also to enable me to be here physically for you all worldwide and giving you all of the advice and support you need for as long as I possibly can. Stay safe, take care and keep going. See you soon. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And if you have enjoyed it, please feel free to sponsor a segment. If you're listening on Spotify, you can simply go to sponsor this podcast and you will be able to sponsor me for as little as just 99 cents a month, which is highly affordable and also gratefully appreciated. If you prefer to do something one-off, then you can just simply buy me a cup of coffee. Again, details are in the show notes below each program and you can click there and pay securely via Stripe. And again, this enables me to continue providing these podcasts totally free of charge for you all here so even if you can't afford high level coaching i'm sure that every now and again you might want to sponsor me to enable this podcast to keep running for as long as possible for you thank you in advance for everything you can do to help keep me keeping these going for you and of course you can just simply help me by spreading the word about the podcast Put me on your social media, everywhere that you go, tweet about me, blog about me, whatever you'd like to do about me, as long as it's beneficial and it's polite, okay? I welcome all of that, but please just circulate the information far and wide. Our job here in the Coach Mark Manila family is to get this information into the hands of the people like you who really need this and deserve to get this at a really free price. Take care. I'll see you soon.